Morning, everybody. How are you this morning? That good, huh? <laughs> hey, I have to tell you, this is my third sermon this morning. I had the opportunity to uh, uh, preach for the Alvador uh, Christian Church at 7 o'clock in the morning, sunrise service. And uh, I think it was probably 32 and a half degrees there. I mean, it was like the grass was frozen and Man, there were like 40 people that showed up. I was thinking, you know, I might be there preaching to myself, but man, it was kind of cool. There were 40 people. So uh, I thought that was cool. I was alive, alert, awake, and enthusiastic, and I'm not sure if they were, but uh, it was fun. I had a great time, and then I kind of got my preach on a little bit, a little bit uh, here this morning, uh, earlier, uh, when I was doing uh, uh, song, song leading for a Bible class, but... Tell you what, I really do appreciate all those who teach and preach. It's absolutely amazing. We got really, really good, excellent teachers, preachers that are going to willing to stand up and, and, and deliver. But we also have these really amazing servants that are doing stuff behind the scenes that are absolutely amazing. And you know, sometimes I think, well, that guy standing up front, he's the coolest dude in the whole world. Well, I wouldn't say that's true. I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about the other guys. But I have to share with you that there's a, there's a young man in the audience that has just done an, an amazing job. And uh, Michael, I, 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 he doesn't like me to call him out, but I'm going to call him out anyway. Michael and one of his uh, uh, co-workers, Vince Serbian? Serbian. Yeah, I'm pretty bad. But anyway, they, they cleaned up this yard. It looks so beautiful out here. And they just came out and just whacked those weeds. I love it. It's great. I have four and a half acres. <laughs> Give me a bid. All right. Thanks. Well, I might take you up on that. It's, they're overwhelming. They're laughing every time I drive in my driveway. So anyway, so I appreciate it. It looks beautiful. Thank you very much. Let's give it up for Michael. That was great. That was awesome. And you know, last week, uh, we unfortunately weren't able to sing uh, to David Stevens, but uh, we're going to do that today. What do you think, David? <laughs> hey, you know what's really crazy? As I haven't seen David in about, what is it, about two years or so? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, right? And that guy's taller than me. Thank you very much. And uh, look at, man, you got here. Do you want to share some of that with me? I mean, it's just kind of sad. I mean, I mean, it's good all. Now, how are you? What are you, 16? 15. 16. Coming up. <laughs> all right. Playing baseball this year, right? All right. That's great. Well, it's great to have you this morning. And there's nobody else to sing to. So all the eyes and attention are going to be on you and you only, okay? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Now, David's a superstar when he's on the baseball field, and he's, he's amazing. He just does some amazing stuff. So we're glad you're here this morning, and uh, I knew I'd see you sooner or later, and I've had it written down. We're going to get this thing done. So, <laughs> All right, so we got, some, we got some words of encouragement today, some really great ones. And uh, I'm kind of sad that our young preacher left early, but uh, we'll have to wait till next week to get him. Sherry, you are awesome. Amen. You, that's you. Yeah, you. 
Are you going to help me, Braxton? I love the tie. Come on up here. Sherry, you are awesome. You always bring sun, S-O-N, shine, wherever you go. I'm so thankful to you for your smiling, joyful face whenever we see each other. There you go. All right. Let's give it up for Sherry. All right. Here we go. Michael Fleck, the building grounds look awesome. Thank you so very much. So that's from probably all of us, right? So anyway, we, I got to tell you, we had that little potluck last week before we were all going to go out in the pouring down, cold, freezing rain, right on the verge of sleep. And we were all eating and having a nice time. And I was kind of dragging my feet. And uh, Michael, bless his heart, says, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. And I said, you're going to take care of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple friends are going to take care of it. And so when I announced it to the folks downstairs, we just kept having a good time at the potluck. And, you know, I talked with people and going, yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to going out and freezing to death. So anyway, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you freezing to death for us. It was great. Was it? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you were just waiting until the Lord opened the skies, right? Uh, thank you. appreciate it. All right, here we go. Jeff and Carrie, I really appreciate you preparing the bulletins for us each week. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. All right. Now Lawson was the rock star this morning. Lawson was Lawson was the rock star. So we we'll have to wait till next week. So, so here we go. All right, Mr. D. You know who Mr. Drillinger is? Of course you do. Everybody does. Mr. D, thank you for sharing your wisdom and God's word in an understandable way. By the way, you're funny. <laughs> I would agree with that one, man. That's great. Okay, you're you're uh, you're pretty serious. You weren't your funny self as much this morning, but somebody thinks you're funny all the time. So there it is. All right, here we go. Michael Fleck, you're awesome. <laughs> Isn't it great to be called awesome? Michael Fleck, you're awesome. You and Vince, how do you pronounce that guy's name again? Sir Abian. Sir Abian. You and Vince Sir Abian did an awesome job at beautifying the church grounds. Thank you very much from all of us. There you go. Woo! Give it up for him once again. That was great. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Are you ready? Do we have any other announcements? Oh, yes. We have some other announcements. Here it is. We have a family fellowship dinner coming up this Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, at Tamara Dumbrow's place. And if you haven't been out to, to her place, man, it's so beautiful. So thank you for opening up your home to us. It's really wonderful. It's great. So there you go. And then don't forget, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mother's Day's coming up May 8th. Make sure you're getting your flowers ordered now. I know for a fact that if you don't, you don't get them. Uh, anyway, so, oh, Memorial Day's coming up. Should be a great time. And finally, all you guys get ready for G4 Summit. All right, G4 Summit. Guys of God with guns and grub. We go out in the mountains and we, we preach a lot. I don't know, we haven't really shot any guns in the last couple of years. What's wrong with us? Anyway, so we're uh, preaching and teaching. So, all right, there you go. Now I think I have it all done. Any other announcements? Going once, going twice. All right, get your Bibles ready. Let's turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm preaching a resurrection sermon today. 
You're saying, but you're going back to where you've been going to all these weeks. We're preaching a resurrection sermon today. That's how it's going to happen. In fact, we're going to we're going to go to Second uh, Timothy chapter one. We're going to start in verse seven. Verse seven, and then we're going to read all the way down there to uh, uh, verse twelve. Listen to what the apostle Paul says to his his uh, young uh, protege Timothy who's become a quite an amazing evangelist uh, in and of himself. He says here, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or being timid, but he's given us a spirit of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering For the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. Now, verse 12 is where we've been preaching from. For this reason, I I also suffer these things, but I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard that which I which I have entrusted to him until that day. Let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, we thank you so much for this letter. It's the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in his earthly life. It wasn't too many weeks later that he was killed in Rome. Holy Father, as the Emperor Nero was ravaging the church, he rounded up the ringleaders. Of course, the Apostle Paul was one of them. And uh, he was so pleased to put him to death. And yet, Father, we see the Apostle Paul in one of his greatest works, speaking of the power of the resurrected life, how there is no fear of death in this resurrected life. And yet, Father, we also know that he has learned to come to this point in his faith. It's been over a period of nearly 30 years. And we're thankful that we get to read and understand this powerful faith that he has. Help us to understand it so we can live it, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. The title of the lesson, How Do I Trust Him? How Do I Trust God? Well, I would ask the question I asked last week, how do you really get to trust anybody? First, you need to get to know them. And to get to know them takes time. It oftentimes takes weeks, months, years. And then as you watch them make commitments and follow through, you begin to believe them if if they've been constant and consistent. You believe what they say is true. You have a, a litany of examples of evidence that they are trustworthy, believable. They're men and women of integrity. Their mind, 
their thoughts, their words, their actions are all consistent. So you need to get to know them first. And then, of course, you begin to believe them. And, and as you open up opportunities to develop the relationship, you begin to trust them because you become convinced over the period of time that when they've made commitments, they followed through. That's the same exact way. And that's what this verse 12 is actually saying about the Apostle Paul. Now, this letter was written right around 65 or 66 AD. Remember, the Apostle Paul is the young man some 35 years before. That was standing and, and uh, holding the coats of all those who were stoning Stephen, the first Christian martyr to die for the faith. He was holding their coats and he was a, a young Pharisee and he wanted to make his mark. And so he began to ravage the church. His name was Saul of Tarsus. And he went from house to house at night and going in, he would take people, the men and the women, not the children. It says men and women. He would take them and bring them before the fair or for the Sadducees. And when they were judged, they were then stoned to death. Christians stoned to death. Saul of Tarsus hunted Christians down and on his way to the city of Caesarea, he was met by um, Jesus on the road. Excuse me, Damascus. He was met by Jesus on the road. Jesus, in a brilliant display of glory, called him into his work in building the kingdom of God, not exterminating it. And you know what he said to the young man that said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go talk with this guy. This guy has done much harm to your saints in Jerusalem. And we've heard he's got letters from the high priest to come down here and bind everybody and drag them back to Jerusalem so they'll be killed. I don't want to go talk to him. You know what Jesus said? He is a servant of mine, and I'm going to show him just how much he's going to have to suffer for my namesake. You know, Paul was, Saul at that time, was three days blind no food, no water. He was fasting. He was praying. What was he praying? I kind of know what he was praying. Father, forgive me for murdering all those innocent people. Please forgive me for murdering all those innocent people. I now know your son, Jesus Christ, is... King of kings and Lord of lords. You're saying, how do you know that? That's not in the Bible. You know someone when you've walked in their shoes. You know, when we finally come to our senses and realized that our sin is what put Jesus on the cross. He didn't go to the cross for himself. He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. It wasn't the Roman soldiers that murdered Jesus. It actually says in the scriptures, you have become his murderers. Yeah. 
Jesus hung on the cross because of your sin and my sin. When I came to that realization finally, I was terrified because I recognized that I was one of the many who put him on the cross. I wanted so desperately to be forgiven of all that garbage that I had done, all that sin, all that selfishness that I had done that put him on the cross. Here's the Apostle Paul. He's in on death row in Rome. He knows the day and the hour of his execution. And he writes this letter to us. I don't know the day or the hour of my passing. I don't know if I will face in the future what the Apostle Paul is facing as he in the cold writes this letter to his son in the faith, Timothy. I don't know if you and I could put ourselves in this place. Putting ourselves on death row. In our mind. And because you have been saved by the Lord Jesus, you want to let everybody know. I know Jesus Christ. He has never failed me. And he will not fail me in my last breath. And there's now set before me a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory, not just for me, but for all those who've loved his appearing. I want you to look back with me to 2 Timothy, and I want you to take a look, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and read at the very end of verse 18, verse, uh, uh, verse excuse me, verse 17 and then 18. At the very end of verse 17, Paul says, I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, we need to recognize and understand that Paul faced sure death in a very torturous way. And he was joyful in that he, his, his eternal life was secure. How? Because he trusted in him. Why? Because he learned to believe in him. How did he learn to believe in him? Because over a period of about 30 years, he saw Jesus over and over and over be faithful to his word to rescue him. How many have ever read 2 Corinthians in chapter 11? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. How many beatings did Paul go through? Countless beatings. Shipwrecked twice. Oftentimes in danger of false brothers and, and robbers and, and storms. And his whole life was devoted fully. He was stoned and left for dead once. You see, we need to recognize and understand this man realized the horrible monster he was in murdering all those innocent people. And now he's so thankful for the Lord's graciousness that he's going home. He remained faithful to his last breath, to his last letter. I want you to understand the context then of verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I'm not ashamed of Christ. I'm not ashamed of his sufferings or the sufferings he's allowed me to go through. 
For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep or guard that which I have entrusted or committed to him until that day, until that day, I meet him face to face in glory. How many of you know that when you become a Christian, when you're immersed into Christ, that your sins are washed away and you're filled with the Holy Spirit? How many of you know when you're immersed into Christ that you are crucified with Christ, that you're buried with Christ, and you're raised up with Christ to walk in a new life, a life filled with power because of the Spirit of God is in you, the Spirit that was in the Apostle Paul, the Spirit that was in Jesus Christ, the Spirit that God used through Christ to create the whole physical universe. That's the Spirit that's within you, a Spirit of power, a spirit of love and a spirit of self-discipline. So look at point number one. Real quick, we're going to go through point number one. What does it mean to know? I know who I have believed. That word know, as you remember from last week, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version. It means to know fully from experience. Over and over and over again, Paul suffered and prayed and God delivered him. And you know what Paul said? I would most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. That's what he said to the Christians in the city of Corinth. Did he spend himself? Was he expended in the service of others and helping them become Christians? The answer is absolutely positively. When he was stoned and left for dead in Lystra, he just jumped right up. Dusted himself off, goes to the very next town, preaches the word of God, brings a bunch of folks in and goes, oh, by the way, let's go back to where they just stoned me and left me for dead because I want to encourage those Christians. He wasn't out of his mind. He was absolutely in the mind of Christ because he knew that Jesus had consistently delivered him. And you know what's really awesome? He knew that he would live until the last breath that God had given him had been used to serve the Lord Jesus. I want to be like Paul when I grow up. Paul wanted to be like Jesus when he grew up. We're going to look at a scripture that actually says that. Now look at the word believe here. You know, if you know somebody and they've always fulfilled their promises, they've always followed through, you know what? You begin to believe them whenever they say, no sweat, man, we got this one too. I got this one for you. Look at this. Here's what this word believe. Pistuo. It's powerful. I'm going to pull this out so I can kind of dance around a little bit with it. All right? I'm ready. Look out. I'm moving. You know what it says here? It says for pistuo. In faith, trusting Christ for my spiritual well-being. You know what? If you think that you're good enough to get into heaven, even though you're absolutely amazing and serving him, you haven't got it figured out yet. Look, the only reason that you and I are going to get in is because he bore all of our sins in his body on the cross. That's why you're getting in and I'm getting in. So why then do we serve? Why then do we lay our lives down and sacrifice like the Apostle Paul? Out of love for what he has done for us. Not so that we can earn our way to heaven. That's impossible. The only thing is, is that our love for him should be endless. See, there should be no debt in your life except for the debt of love. Why? 
is because the priceless debt of love that he gave is something that we do for him. Now, I want to share with you that this word also means something else that's pretty amazing. This word pistuo means a conviction of full joyful trust that Jesus is the Savior and he is the author of eternal salvation and the kingdom of which we are. Also, all of this joyful trust is conjoined with our obedience to his lordship. And then finally, I thought this was pretty interesting. It says here that this word believe means to be persuaded, to place confidence or trust in to the degree we rely upon him for everything. Do you rely upon Jesus for everything? I mean, let's be honest. I'll be honest. No. You're saying, well, you dirt bag. Well, no, no, not. I'm not that bad. Look, I am working on it. I'm working on it. Now, when I see something in my life that needs to go, I know how to take care of it. God has given that to us in the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. I've come a long way, baby, but I still got a ways to go. See, it's all a growth process, by the way. But the reality is, is I'm committed to continue to entrust myself to his teaching and his guidance. Now look at this word persuaded. Go back to, to 2 Timothy and, and chapter uh, 1 and verse 12. It says, but I'm not ashamed for I know the, uh, whom I have believed and I am convinced, literally I am persuaded that he's able to carry me all the way through to heaven. Are you convinced? Are you convinced that no matter what happens, God is able to give you what you need to power through? If you don't believe that, well, it, you're going to get cooked one of these days. But if you believe that God is able, he will always give you the power or the opportunity of escape. That's what it says in the scriptures. Now, this one's very interesting. I don't know about you, but I kind of love this de definition. I'm convinced or to be convinced by reasoning to assent to evidence or authority and rely on that evidence because you are certain and confident of the one who's given it to you. Man, I'm telling you what, I was an atheist. And then I became a, a, a gross pagan. And then finally I was at the end of my rope, literally. And I decided I need to start reading my Bible. In fact, somebody saw me in that place of despair. His name was Forrest Reinhardt. And he called me out gently, kindly. He invited me to hang out with a couple of his buddies. Little did I know they were Christians. I know all about those guys. But they were different. They weren't judgmental. And you know what? And that was in November that I was at the end of my rope. You know what I'm saying? It's actually the end of my Savage 3030 is what it was. But, you know, end of the rope. He gave me a Bible for Christmas. still have that Bible. He gave me a Bible. And I started to read my Bible. If he wouldn't have interfaced with me, 
in the milk cooler at Ross IGA in McMinnville. I would not be preaching to you right now. My sons would not exist. My wife would be married to someone else. And this church would be a museum because that's what they were thinking about putting this old building into as a museum. And some of you might not be in Christ. Aren't you glad for Forrest Reinhardt? Brother, we need to recognize and understand I decided, you know what? I need to get the evidence of who Jesus is. I need to know if he really was raised from the dead. I did a careful study. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And as Scott said, it's true. Those Old Testament faithfuls, their tombs opened up when he died. And when he came out of the tomb, they came out with him. You recognize and understand, brethren. That's truth. Do your own study. So we get down here to the very bottom. Notice I have a, this Greek word, Pistuo is the verb form of pistis. And you're saying, yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? That's okay. I didn't know what it meant either. I had to look it up. <laughs> I want you to look it up to see if I'm telling you the truth. This word pistuo is a verb, and it's a verb for pistis. Now, pistuo means to believe. Believing in action is the verb form of faith. Pistis is faith. Now, you know what faith is? Look at the root word of pistis. Look at the root word of faith. Look at it. The root word of faith is pitho, persuaded. The root word of faith is the word trust. You know what? You take a look at the definition of, of faith. It is first being persuaded. Second, trusting fully in so much You'll bow the knee and you'll obey the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. You know what Paul was doing? He was bowing the knee and obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. Every word he wrote, every word he spoke, he was going to speak to the glory of God so more people would become Christians. Do you know in his first imprisonment in Rome, he won a bunch of those Roman soldiers to Christ. Those Romans were nut jobs, man. They locked people up to him. He had a soldier on each arm. Can you imagine? Hey, come here, boys. I got, I got something to tell you. Man, you can imagine eight hours with Paul preaching that yet? Now, I think it would be awesome. But if you're a pagan, because they all were, I go, oh, no, do I have to do eight hours with Paul? Yep, come on here. I lock him up. And you know what? A bunch of them became Christians. The guy was in prison. Why'd he do that? Because he saw Jesus recognizing every human soul being in prison, held captive by the devil to do his will. And Jesus came into this cesspool of a world filled with the vileness of, of godless behavior and he was willing to love the unlovable and be kind to those who absolutely hated him and many of us became Christians. Well, I shouldn't put that on you. I became a Christian. And I praise God for that. The Apostle Paul is a great example. Now, I want to go to the second page. The second page. And I want to finish up. At the core of faith must be trust. 
take a look at 2 Corinthians. We've, we've already done this, but I want to go back now and take a look at the trust that the Apostle Paul had in one of the most horrific times in his ministry. 2 Corinthians and chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10. Let's take a look at that again. And you all know this very, very well, but now I want to bring it back to the power of this trust because Paul had experienced so much. Paul was about 20 years into his Christian life when he wrote this letter. He says here, for we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust. By the way, you know what that word is? Pitho. What's pitho? It is to be convinced by reasoning, to assent to the evidence or authority and to rely on it because of our certainty to have absolute confidence and trust in the one that you would obey. Sounds like Paul here trusted not himself because he knew his wisdom would fail him. He trusted God. It's overwhelming, God. I don't see any way out of this. I think I'm going to die. But I know that you will use me till my very last breath if I remain faithful, if I trust you and continue to move forward. He says here in verse 9, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us now in this life. On him we have set our hope and will yet deliver us on the last day. That was 20 years into his ministry. Now he's on death row. 10 years, fast forward, he's on death row. He's had a lot of other troubles. And you know what? He's absolutely confident. Hey, they told me the day and they asked me what my last, what, what I'd want for my last meal. So I know it's quick. So Timothy, hurry up and get here. By the way, it's a little cold. Bring the coat I left with. <laughs> well, that's exactly what he says. You read the book or the letter. You know, it's interesting. Not fearful at all. Well, go back to 2 Timothy. This is 10 years more experience in all the ugliness of, of serving the Lord and, and being crushed. Notice what he says here. Verse 6 of chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Take a look at the Apostle Paul and what he says here. This is absolutely amazing. He's on death row. There's no way out. He's done. And you know what? He's gone, yeah, I'm done with my ministry, but not quite. I got to write this letter. And I got a few more weeks to talk to the guards. <laughs> and then I'll be done. Notice what he says here in verse 6. Would you be able to say this if you're on death row, knowing that you just had just a few more days left? Could you say this? as a Christian man or woman. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I've kept the faith, the pistis, the faith, the being persuaded and fully trusting and obeying in every word and deed. 
In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Did you catch that, brethren? Man, this guy's excited. In fact, he tells the Philippians, he tells the Philippians, hey, you know, I'm in jail here, and I don't know which I want to do, to, to go home and be with the Lord, or to stay around for a little bit longer so I can help you out. I don't know which one's better. <laughs> That's crazy, man. No, it's not. It's absolute faithfulness. That's more than just, I believe Jesus is. This man, I'm living for him and I'm living like him because I'm living his faith. You know, Jesus knew he was going to go to the cross before he came to the world. Did you know that? He knew he was going to go to the cross before he came into the world. In fact, before he created the world, he knew he was going to go to the cross. Did you know that? It says before the foundation of the world, you and I were called in Christ Jesus. That's what it says in the scriptures. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. You and I were called in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Sherry, he knew your smiling self before he even made one little atom. Isn't that cool? That's just cool. He loved you enough to go to the cross. Man, I see he loves you. He's so thankful that you decided to be his. But it's not just for Sherry. That's for all of us. That's all of us. You see, so as we take a look at this, brethren, as we finish with this last passage of scripture, I want you to know, you keep living for Jesus. Desire to know him more and more. And when the suffering of this life happens, you embrace Jesus, you draw near to him, ask him to give you what you need to be more than a conqueror and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. In fact, let's take a look. Look at the book of Philippians. We'll close with Philippians this morning. And I know you're all shocked. Don't look at the clock. You'll be shocked. I don't want any heart attacks here. Okay. Uh, man, this is a short sermon. I can't believe it. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. This is why I want to be like Paul when I grow up. This very passage of scripture. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, garbage, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. That's actually how it should have been translated. Faith of Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That I may know him fully. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. In order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Listen to that. I want to know him fully. I want to know the power of his resurrection. You know, when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he could walk through walls. And you're saying, you want to walk through walls? No, actually, I want to be able to walk into someone's heart and share with them the message of salvation. And you know, when you have a hard heart, there's nothing that's going to change a hard heart except for what? The love of Christ. That'll change a hard heart. I've seen it over and over again. 
Forrest Reinhardt knew that love could change a broken, rock-hard heart by being kind and then giving me my first Bible. And I'm a preacher today. Praise God for a man that saw that in Jesus and lived it in his own life. We can do that as well. And notice what it says here. Not just that, but he says, I want to have fellowship with his sufferings being conformed to his death. Are you ready for sufferings? Did you hear what Apostle Paul said? I want to have the fellowships of his sufferings. Do I want to live 2 Corinthians chapter 11? Well, I don't want to, but not my will, but yours be done, Lord, right? If it's in his will, then we should embrace it with faith and joy, knowing that he's using us in that very terrible time. And then finally, so that we would experience a death to this world, an everlasting life with him. Brethren, I don't know about you, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just for the future. We sang a song this morning at the sunrise service. You know, something about, he rose so he could secure my future. He rose to secure my future. He rose to secure my future. And I'm thinking, man, he arose so I could have life right now. And I could have power and love and self-discipline right now. So I could help other people get out of this hellhole right now. Man, I don't know about you, but this is awesome living. Have you ever tried it? Try it sometime. It's awesome. The life of Jesus Christ. Sacrifice for others. The blessings that come from that. Brethren, I love and appreciate you so much. So many have stayed and worked and, and served and built and we've grown together as family. For the visitors, it's great to have you this morning. It's awesome. I just pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we together would grow. Let's ask him that right now. Heavenly Father, help us to grow in faith. Help us to grow in that knowledge that comes from experience. All of the difficult times and challenges that we've experienced in the past and, and, and you have delivered us thus far. Dear Heavenly Father, Paul said he didn't want, didn't want to trust himself but trust you because he knows that you raised people from the dead. Father, when I was trusting myself so many years ago, I thought the only answer to my pain was to take my life. But the answer to that pain is to embrace faith in your son, Jesus Christ, and live for him. And then there's purpose and there's power and there's meaning. And Father, I pray that for every one of us. Help us then to reach out to others, to share with them what you've given to us. Father, we ask this in your son's name, Jesus, on this day that we remember his resurrection from the dead. For us, because of that, we have life eternal. Thank you. Amen. All right, let's stand and get all excited. What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to? Go. Let's do that once again. What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to? Go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Woohoo! All right.
Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.